Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And we're back. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's your boy Ray here. I'm with my boy Connor. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Before we start, I want to do a quick reminder and remind you to check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN sports, where you will get exclusive content at a minimum of five days a week. Connor and I will be on there immediately after this recording. Our video will be up later tonight. We're going to be talking about what are the Patriots priorities heading into free agency this week? Only $5 a month, no tears. You get all the exclusive content for the same price the whole way around. We appreciate all of our new Patreons that signed up over the weekend. Come join the Deer Pats Nation Loyalty Club at patreon.com slash DPN Sports. And don't forget to check out the newest gear over at our merch store. You guys asked for it, so it's arrived. The Deer Pats Nation merch shop is now open and live. Show some love for the podcast by going over to teesprings.com slash stores slash DPN and get your hands on the newest Deer Pats Nation merchandise. Connor, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. How you doing? Pretty good, man. You got a day off today. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. 21 straight days? Yeah, something like that. I lost count, but definitely pretty pretty close to that vicinity for sure. Okay, man. So we are going to be talking about Trey Lance because the Patriots sent their most experienced scout to attend the Trey Lance Pro Day uh, this week. You and I did discuss it a little bit on... Friday when we did our emergency podcast to talk about Cam Newton re-signing with the Patriots and we talked about a little bit of that video that we saw but before we did have some news today that I would like to discuss and want to get your opinion on it man um Marcus Cannon traded to the Houston Texans the Patriots basically flipped their fourth fifth and sixth round draft picks uh flipping them for much better picks in that draft uh what's your overall thoughts how do you feel about that um, I honestly kind of liked it. I know that they're saving a lot of cap space by doing it too. I think the offensive line is going to be fine. Uh, I'm not shocked by it. I know there was some rumblings, people saying that they might even cut cannon. Um, I mean, he was great. He was a part of, I think it was, I think he won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. Was that correct? Was he a part of three of them? Three of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is definitely a true Patriot. He had a great career with uh, new England, but I, I think it was a good trade. It was time for them to part ways and I think they're going to be fine as far as the offensive line goes. That's one of the few like things with uh, the Patriots com- coming up this season that I'm not really concerned about. 
Love Vibration Nation says that he got uh, dropped late to the last show and put up a super chat at the end, uh, I think as we ended it. So why don't you drop your comment here, not as a super chat, just as a comment. Put it in the chat. Connor, will I'll flag it. I mean, okay. and, uh, we will address all, all, I'll flag it as a super chat. You run to the regular chat. Okay. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, no, I loved the Marcus Cannon trade. Because yep. um, listen, the Patriots, the Patriots were going to release him anyways, right? So I mean, yeah, probably, yeah. The fact that they were able to get something back, I thought was it was a great trade, and and I know a lot of mo. I I haven't seen a single Patriots fan upset with the trade yet. So yeah, no, I I was totally good with it. I was totally down with it. I thought it was uh, thought it was fantastic. But uh, Connor or uh, Lawrence and I, I mean, did a lot of talking about that. So let's talk about Trey Lance a little bit, okay? Yeah, buddy. So um, the Patriots are obviously doing their homework when it comes to quarterbacks right? right they i mean they now i know that the boston media is calling out bill belichick saying that he should have been at trey lance's workout uh and not just send his not just send his scout so let me ask you about that right off the hop how do you feel about the media upset that <laughs> bill belichick didn't attend it himself I thought that they didn't trust Bill Belichick to scout people and they wanted other people to be sent to scout talent outside of Bill Belichick. So shouldn't the Boston media be happy that Bill didn't go and he sent someone else? Isn't that the plan? It's really like a, it's really just that you can't win. Right. right? It's a contradiction with them. Like first they're upset because Belichick isn't turning over personnel decision to other people. And then they're upset because Bill Belichick isn't at the workout himself. Yes. It's like, no matter what, either way, they're going to find something to be angry about. If he goes, they'll be like, oh, Bill shouldn't be there. They should have somebody else who correctly knows how to scout talent who's there. And then if he doesn't go, they're like, oh, you see, Bill doesn't even go. He doesn't even care enough to pay attention. So it, it doesn't matter. The Boston media will put a negative spin on anything. So as we continue to try to make this show as interactive as possible uh, from our Twitter account, we are just dropping out questions every day to Pat's Nation asking them to uh give their opinion so we said free agency starting this next week but let's talk about the draft for a second should the patriots draft trey lance as their next quarterback let us know and we got some responses mark lynch says it's more in line to trade a 2022 for jimmy g after san francisco moves up and takes fields or lance uh or if jacksonville brings in alex smith Deal for Gardner Minshew, eight hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars salary for your starter. That's very Belichick, very Belichick in. Mm. Ross says, "I like Trey Lance from the film I've seen at six foot four, two hundred twenty-six pounds. Trey is a big, versatile quarterback with big play making potential. Whether that's on his feet or throwing that deep ball, Trey is very elusive in the backfield when defenders." Uh, do get to him and seems like to make good decisions under pressure. So let's start with Marks and then we'll go. What do you think of Belichick just letting everybody else trade up and then just going with Jimmy G or Gardner Minshew? I mean, that's very presumptuous. I don't I don't know if everyone is going to trade up. I honestly don't know where the 49ers are at right now. They've said a bunch of things. I know previously they were like, oh, we're going to stick with Jimmy G and we're going to move forward with him as our quarterback. So if they did that, they might not even take a quarterback, but who knows? Maybe they're planning on cutting him, saving a ton of money, drafting a quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but it, I mean, there, there's a, a bunch of teams that we looked at recently when we went through the whole thing. And there are a few of them who are definitely going to take a quarterback, but there are also some of them who are a coin flip. 
So I, I'd rather see Belichick be very aggressive if he knows somebody out there that he really truly wants and not sit back and assume that everyone else is going to draft quarterbacks. So you heard Ross's analysis. He has him at six foot four. The draft network has him at six foot three, 224 pounds, give mm-hmm. or take an inch, whatever. Um, do you want me to read the profile and you can give your analysis on whether or not you want Trey, Trey Lance yeah. as the quarterback of the Patriots? Yes, sir. Trey Lance is aligned in the pistol, the gun, and has shown the ability to run the offense from under center. He plays the position with good athleticism as evidenced by his ability to get out of the pocket and extend plays with his legs. Even within the pocket, his mobility and footwork seem to have developed. Because he is a threat to move the chains with his legs, he needs to be accounted for in the red zone read game. As a passer, he seems to be able to generate velocity on his throws, which is critical for playing in these elements. He has also shown some touch and accuracy downfield of his deep throws. He needs to continue to develop the subtle nuances of the position and continue to maximize his natural talent as a passer. Scheme fit, a scheme uniquely designed to accentuate his ability as a passer as well as a runner so the new england patriots they had a tough time doing that with a veteran quarterback very similar now listen the ideal role for him is an eventual nfl starter so he probably couldn't start week one for the patriots cam newton had his own problems that we talked about but one of the things we did talk about is can you blame josh or i did this last night by myself but basically can josh can josh mcdaniels be blamed for some of cam newton's struggles and a lot of people agreed that he can didn't adapt the offense to him is trey lance the right fit for the patriots or is the signing of cam newton perfect to mentor a trey lance that would play a similar game to him Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, especially if it seems like he's going to need a year or two to sit behind somebody and kind of learn from. Cam Newton could be the perfect person where Josh McDaniels hopefully kind of tailors the offense a little bit more towards how Cam Newton plays, and then he can uh, mentor Lance and try and get him prepared as Cam Newton maybe this could be his last season with the Patriots and then have him be ready to take over in 2022. And and the the little bit I saw him from him, he looked very good. Okay, so let me throw this one at you as well, okay? Are you willing to have, if Cam Newton comes out and he looks like Cam Newton of last year, Mm -hmm. are you willing as a Patriots fan to write off the 2021 season so that he can mentor Trey Lance and that going forward, perhaps the Patriots, you know, have their future quarterback? Yes. Presuming that he's he's going to be the quarterback of the future, then if Cam Newton's to come out and play like he did last season, I'd say let's just throw 2021 away, essentially. They'd probably end up going 7-9. and nine. Say say they improve, they go 9-7. and seven. They're still not going to make the uh, the playoffs, especially in this division, with how well the Bills and the, the Dolphins are going to be. So I would say let's just start concentrating on Cam mentoring him and start planning for 2022-2023 where things are, things are hopefully going to get better at that point. All right, and I do want to look at uh, what PFF has to say about Trey Lance, and you can start talking a little bit more. But we do have a super chat from our boy Ross trolling me already. Says, Connor, what's your thought on Ohio State University players being soft in the (laughs) National Football League? (laughs) Shout out to Ross. Thank you for trolling us with uh, with a super chat. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Is is that a thing? Do they have a reputation for being soft? I haven't heard that one yet. Well, everybody on uh, everybody that that Indianapolis takes, yep, is right, oh, okay. is getting hurt, and then the Patriots drafted somebody in '99 who 
didn't didn't fare well and and it was their first round pick. Yep. Yep. Okay. I from what I've been told though that they do not produce good NFL quarterbacks. They do not, but four of the last five defensive player of the years are all Ohio State boys. So Wow. So so they should draft they should draft defense only from Ohio State. That's it. We're going to get back to the Trey Lance in just one second, but I do want to hit up live vi- Love Vibration Nation's uh, chat here because Connor did flag that he came in late with the uh, confirmed, and, and, and we agree with him because he always comes in. But he says, our offense will open up with a great tight end. Josh likes to run pick routes off tight end to create separation for wide receivers. Fine tight end seems. Uh, opposing defenses didn't cover our tight end. Use safety to double Myers. So I don't know if that was your super chat or not. Just let us know what your super chat is so that we can address it. But we'll address this. What do you think of that analysis, Connor? Yeah, that's a very good point. I think they had the benefit of having Rob Gronkowski take up so much attention from the defense. Um, The past couple seasons, yeah, it's been so easy for defenses to cover the Patriots because they have no presence over the middle of the field. No one's been concerned about Ryan Izzo or Matt Lacoste really burning them. It'll be much better if they're able to get a serious tight end this year and actually get some production out of them. Well, I mean, ESPN is predicting that Jonu Smith is going to get signed by the Patriots, but okay, they, they also predicted Kenny Galladay, and uh, it was quite an exercise, quite an exercise. They predict a lot of things. Yeah. Um. So that was Love, Love Vibration Nation's uh, piece. That's great. But nice. we do have another Thanks, super chat here. I do want to get to the PFF here in a second, but Lord Varsh says Trey Lance seems to be uh, sorry, Trey Lance seems to be on top of limiting his mistakes. I know Division Two foot football still, uh, but still zero interceptions is impressive. He may fall as he didn't play last year. I'm I'll I'll start. Um, I'm a little concerned that after that workout he had on Friday, mm-hmm. that he's going to skyrocket up, and the Patriots right. will have to trade up to him. Right, right. And he, he's saying here, did did he not throw any interceptions last season? I don't have a, my stats in, in front of me, so. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, if anybody loves limiting mistakes, it's definitely Bill Belichick. So if he doesn't throw a lot of picks, that'll skyrocket him. But I'm sure after his workout the other day, we're not the only ones that saw it. I'm sure a ton of scouts were there. And I agree, he's he's probably going to get drafted in the top 10, I would I would imagine. Trey Lance did have an interception in 2020, zero in 2019, but he only Ooh. he only attempted 30 passes in 2020. Oh, okay. So, uh, zero on 287 attempts. That's really in, good in 2019, and that was really his only year. He only had one attempt in 2018. Okay, wow. So limit limited uh limited pool to to see him. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, we appreciate. Uh, we really appreciate the super chats, guys. I love it. Or you know, it helps us. Uh, but I do, uh, and we appreciate the support. But I do want to look at what PFF has to say. So here's what they have on their draft guide, and of course, guys, you can get their draft guide over on pff.com. Uh, per 24/7 Sports, Trey Lance received just seven scholarship offers coming out of Minnesota's Marshall High School in 2018. Western Michigan, South Dakota State, Northern Illinois, Cornell, Brown, Boise State, and North Dakota State. 
He was a three-year starter at quarterback in safety for Marshall, where he totaled 1,386 passing yards and 14 touchdowns as a senior while rushing for 641 yards and another 10 touchdowns. His father, Carlton, played for the Southwest Minnesota State and later in the CFL. Minnesota, Iowa, and Iowa State showed interest in Lance, but none were willing to offer him at quarterback. Now, the NFL comparison they made was Taysom Hill with arm talent. His okay. biggest strength is his physical tools. His biggest weakness is his accuracy. Accuracy. They continue to write, in an utterly loaded class, Lance may be may have pure physical talent than may have more pure physical talent than all of these quarterbacks. However, quarterback is still a performance position, and that's where Lance may that's where Lance will be uh, difficult to evaluate. Operating a run heavy offense again, the FCS competition is a massive difference from offering a pass happy system against an NFL defense. But even with some accuracy issues, Lance still has a high floor because of his rushing ability. He is batter. He's a battering ram with the ball in his hands and will be a weapon in the red zone. And in short yardage situations, combine that with an arm capable of slinging at 70 plus yards downfield in a flick. And it's scary to think, what could become now they gave him a passing grade of 88.7 an intermediate grade of 77.6 a deep grade of 93 a no pressure grade of 93 a pressure grade of only 67.7 here's his pros and cons monster arm the ball explodes to any level he wants tight end uh build up build in athleticism weapon in short yardage and in run game overall so few bad decisions on tape, no picks, and only four turnover-worthy plays in 2019. Wants to attack downfield, had an 11.5-yard average depth of target over his career. Cons, hard to find any anticipatory throws on tape, hesitant to let it rip, knows he knows he can run. Noticeable dip in his throwing motion that defines uh, that defenses can key in on. Projected as a passer averaging 18 pass attempts a game in 2019, lone year as a starter. Some of the worst ball placement numbers among top quarterbacks' accuracies is an issue. The bottom line, Lance is a rare physical specimen at the position. Lance could do damage in a quarterback run, play action, heavy attack, NFL projection top 10. So they are projecting if the Patriots are going to get their hands on Trey Lance, they're going to have to trade up. But as you, as we were just talking about, is bringing in Cam Newton a prelude to the possibility of the Patriots trying to trade up and make that move? It definitely seems like they they have similar like skill sets. It seems like he likes to run the football, protect it, and throw the deep ball, which we saw the other day in in his uh, in his in his day. I, I don't know, though. It sounds like it might be out of reach for the Patriots. I'm sure Bill Belichick's fully aware that after that day, he's going to go in the top ten. So unless he's planning on trading for him, I assume he knows that he's not going to make it to 15. But if he did, it sounds like Cam Newton would kind of be the right mentor for him. Uh, the only thing that kind of concerns me about Trey Lance, it seems like he has not played that much football in college. Yeah, a little bit of a limited opportunity. But listen, man, Patriot fans are really into it. I am who I am, said absolutely. You can't deny the kid's playmaking ability on film and the effortless throws. Oh, yeah. Ma Maverick says, I hope they do. Um, yeah, I mean, people are really into, uh, people are, are, are really into the, 
Trey Lance. Why don't we go to the comments, man, and see what some of the people here on the uh, chat are are saying? Yeah, I, I've seen it on Twitter as well. I've seen a lot of people be very high on uh, on high on Lance. Speaking of which, Connor, I think this is your first time seeing the whole layout of, uh, of oh of everything. Yes, yes, and this is the ma- oh no no sorry. This is the man right here. I don't know what he appreciates, but again, Chevy on Productions. He's got a YouTube page. Go see him. He is responsible for our intro, our our overlays, our new logos, our whole new sleek look, man. Chevy, we appreciate it so much. We yeah. never could have pulled this off Absolutely. by ourselves. Fantas- um, fantastic job. I put something together, and he wrote me, and he's like, man, I wouldn't have, if I would have known I wouldn't have put this work in. I, was like, I just wrote him, F that. I, said, <laughs> I was like, I like yours so much better. Right. Um, I know. It, it came out fantastic, and a bunch did. of people have said that in the comment section here, how much they like the new intro. Yeah, such such a solid job. So, again, thank you. Make sure you guys go check out his YouTube page. Um, we left a link in, uh, in, in the first video we did, but I'm going to put one right in the chat right now. You guys can Sweet. save that and uh, – and do that but connor while i'm looking up getting his link why don't you let us know what some of the comments are saying right now ironically enough i was even before you said that i was just going to go to a comment from him and he said um from the report sounds like a shorter cam newton in reference to uh trey lance yeah kind of and i i i think it was yeah that said he's more accurate than uh than than cam newton so whether he is or not we'll have to see but Mm -hmm. uh yeah, and that's why I actually think that perhaps bringing in Cam Newton is a smart move for the Patriots to be able to to mentor Trey Lance if they were actually making that move. Right. All right, my Patriots update here says Lance will no way fall. 49ers in front of us, and if Lance is available, they'll take him. I, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Jimmy G, though. Do you think that they'll take a quarterback, keep Jimmy G on the roster? Because if they don't cut him, he's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think it matters. They're going to take a quarterback. I, I 100% agree. And that's why I've always said that I think Jimmy – that's why I have not discounted the New England Patriots ending up with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. That could be a draft time, though. Okay, yep. So um, you, think, no. you think they'll cut him, Jimmy G? Uh, I think they'll try to trade him first. Yeah. See what's going on. Uh, but listen, man. Um, I agree with you. He's not going to fall. I've also been one of the people who have been insistent that I think the Patriots, if they really want to get the hands on the quarterback of their choice, you got to trade that fifth spot with the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. That's, that's my piece. That's been my thing the whole time. Absolutely. If you want one of those top quarterbacks, they're going to have to trade up. And yeah, they have to get in front of San Francisco. 100%. Yep. I said that about Mac Jones as well. Um, and we have heard that we have heard that San Francisco is interested in Trey Lance, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams interested in Trey Lance. But, yeah, they're going to have to trade up 100%. Uh, right. he's, he's not going to fall to 15. We're not talking about the Patriots taking these quarterbacks at 15 overall. I mean, I thought yeah. that that was just implied, but unless you guys – if you guys don't know it, we're not talking about them taking it at 15. We are talking about the Patriots having to trade up to get a quarterback. Yeah, and the, the Bengals would be the perfect trade partner because we know the Bengals are set for quarterback. All right, we got a uh, we got a super chat here from Ross says nice. uh, for my DPN co-host at Mike Dar- Nardella, would you trade three first rounders for Trey Lance? Uh, for me, this injury concern over Jimmy G, uh, overblown or fact? I would not trade three first rounders for Trey yeah. Lance. Um, Sounds like a lot for someone who's so far unproven in the NFL. Yeah. 
I would I, I appreciate the super chat, Ross. Uh, I would trade three for Russell Wilson. I would trade three mm-hmm. for Deshaun Watson. I don't think it would cost three, though. It would definitely cost a 15. Yep. It would probably cost the second over the second round pick, and it may cost a later round next year, like a second or a third. That's not a later round, but a mid. If that, I, I would not, could not, should not give up three first rounders. I'd move into that number five. And I don't think anybody will give up three first rounders to get into that number five spot um, to get to Trey Lance. Unless he goes ahead of Justin Fields, which could be a possibility now. Then you're kind of trading up like the second or third. Right. You're probably talking two first rounders. Like it's it's a uh, no, no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't because you don't know what he's going to be. Right. Let's not forget that at one point. Ryan Leaf was the second overall pick in the NFL. Let's Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky was the first overall. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were number one and number two in the yep. NFL. So, right. no, there's not a chance that I would give up that much to get Trey Lance. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these people, they're just unproven until we actually see what they can do in the NFL. It's hard to get part ways with that many picks. Um, as far as Jimmy G, I think it's – kind of facts that he struggles to stay healthy based on what we've seen though um yeah with jimmy g no it's not injuries aren't overblown just because i believe he's going to be a patriot doesn't mean that i'm necessarily excited about it right listen a part of this is and i've talked about this we're talking about the best of the worst when it comes to the free agents right Mm -hmm. like because or, or guys who are going to be traded. Because the Patriots aren't going to get Deshaun Watson. They're not going to get Russell if he actually is a trade candidate. Right. So, um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, there's big concerns around Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why you almost want to keep both Cam and Jimmy. Let them fight it out for who's the starter. There's mm-hmm. injury concerns with Cam Newton as well. I mean, you got the both of them backing each other up. I also, in my most pessimistic of minds, and I don't like going here, but my most pessimistic of minds, I could see them both on the IR. <laughs> we end up with Stidham like everyone wants. And Jared Stidham. Stidham season. Saves the, saves the day and takes the Patriots to the Super Bowl. All right, what else we got in the chat, buddy? <laughs> We go in here from Joshua Littlejohn. He says, if Lance is too steep to move up for, I am starting to sell myself on Kyle Trask. Yeah, it's funny because in my early mock drafts that I was doing on PFF, I kept taking Kyle Trask in this. I had to keep trading up in the second round, and I kept trading with the Vikings, and I kept taking Kyle Trask. I'm assuming you don't know much about Kyle Trask. I know very little about him. I haven't seen anything. You want his profile? Let's let's hear what they have to say. Do you want the full PFF profile and everything too? Yeah, the what's here? The what's here? The good stuff. So you want to hear everything? It's let's let's break them down because I don't. Okay, he's ex, he's expected to go after Lance, right? Yeah, yeah. I think okay, he's a, okay. he's a, he's a day two guy. Oh, okay. okay. So if we're gonna do a full Kyle Trask breakdown, let's clear the chat. Let's go. Let's go to break. Yep. When we come back from break, we'll do a full breakdown of Kyle Trask. So don't nice. go anywhere, guys. Um, we do have to take a pause for the cause here. We usually do it at the 30 minute mark, but we're going to get into something deep and I don't want to break this up. So, uh, you're going to hear from our sponsors over at the Rocky mountain barber company, manscaped.com. And for now, fcustom.com. You'll also hear about our Patreon page and you'll hear about our merch shop. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a four minute break. We'll be right back. And we'll talk a little bit of Kyle Trask. 
Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard balms and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscaped.com and use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscaped.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at fcustom.com. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube, and Facebook page and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month for five bucks. That's right. Five bucks a month. You'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the Celtics, and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind-the-scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not going to make you pay a monthly fee if we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you. We're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills. And being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. We've also left the description in or we've also left the link of the in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please, at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. You guys asked for it, so it's arrived. The Dear Pats Nation merch shop is now open and live. Show some love for the podcast by going over to teesprings.com slash stores slash DPN and get your hands on the newest Dear Pats Nation merchandise. And we're back. All right, so right before a break, uh, somebody brought up that they're selling themselves on Kyle Trask if the if the price for Lance uh, Trey Lance is too steep. So Connor doesn't know anything about college football, admittedly. Very uh, true. So I'm going to go through the profiles and the PFF profile. So here's from the Draft Network it says Trask is a stoutly built quarterback prospect that's a prime example of perseverance and patience. Not becoming a full-time starter until his red-shirted junior season, he had to show maximum amounts of patience prior to getting his chance under center. Going on to have a prolific career, he became a supreme leader for the Gators, a decisive and quick operator. He's a highly intelligent thrower and often attacks with a plan. He has thorough knowledge and smarts to attack all three levels of the field as he's experienced reads in many different manners, a grip it and rip it thrower for quick game concepts to the perimeter. 
He's at his best when on a schedule and able to take advantage of leverage throws. Trask's biggest challenges come to come the further down the field and when forced to play outside of the normal structure of the offense. A slew-footed operator, he doesn't have the athleticism necessary to consistently make off-script plays. An often used option on design quarterback runs, his big frame is an asset on runs during short conversion situations. Trask's lower half may be reconstructed as it's the root of why most of his passes die in the deeper portions of the field. Similar to his surroundings in college, in order to reach slash see his full potential, he will need to have an adequate play caller protection and playmakers around him. So before we get into the PFF, what's your general thoughts just on that draft profile right there? He would not have been very successful with the Patriots last season based on that if he needs playmakers around him. Yeah. That's that struggle. So they're saying he struggles throwing the football downfield as well. He's got footwork issues. That's what they're saying. So, yep. But he's young. This is something where as a right. young guy, you can work with those mechanics. So here's what right. PFF has to say about him. He's six foot four, two 227, a red-shirted, red-shirted senior, obviously out of Florida. Kyle Trask is one of the older prospects in the class. He's committed to Florida as a three-star quarterback recruit in the 2016 recruiting class and will turn 23 years old in March of 2021. Florida was the only Power 5 school to offer Trask coming out of Texas Manville High School five years ago. Trask was a backup at Manville. He played behind further uh, future Houston and Miami, Florida quarterback uh, Derek King in his senior season and completed 47 to 64 passes for 759 yards, 10 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. His NFL comparison is not applicable. His biggest strength is maneuvering pockets. Biggest weakness is mobility. Hmm. That's so sounds like that sounded a little bit like a contradiction. Is is evading the is evading people in the pocket, but he's not good, not that mobile. But and I'm not making this comparison, but you right. could kind of say that about Tom Brady. Yes, that is very true. Tom I saw Brady someone just say that in the comments. Is, is fantastic in the pocket, like right, absolutely fantastic in the pocket. Maybe one of the best, but coming outside of the pocket and running down the field, I mean, he looks like a newborn giraffe on skates. <laughs> That's a great quote. A newborn giraffe on skates. Uh, that's very true. You know what I mean? Tom Brady is elusive in the pocket, but absolutely not mobile. Um, that that The uh, comparison does sound a little bit like Tom Brady coming out of college. So I guess he's young. He's got the frame. It seems like he's got the intangibles. So he could be good, but it sounds like he's not somebody who's ready to go day one for the Patriots either. All right. So you want his pros and cons? Let's hear him. All right, pros. Incredible year-to-year improvement. What if there's another such leap in him? Fearless in tight pockets, almost too obvious to pressure at times. Oblivious to pressure at times. Okay. Far more willing to attack downfield this year. Put some special throws on tape. Has multiple speeds already. Can throw a fastball or lay one in with touch. Cons. Statue in the pocket. No scrambling or playmaking at all. Inconsistent ball placement underneath, 67.4% accuracy on throws inside 10 yards, ranking 50th. Loaded Gators offense. Uh, Bowl game was a struggle without two top playmakers. Arm is solid, but nowhere near the guys at the top of the class. They say here, even though he'll be 23 on draft day, Trask is similar to Joe Burrow in that you can throw the age out the window when talking about his development. That's because the leap he took from going from 2019 to 2020 isn't as crazy when you realize that they were his first two years as a starter 
even dating back to high school. His stats, however, are a little inflated compared to his actual performance. He offers nothing from a mobility or off-schedule plays perspective and is helped out mightily by two first-round playmaker, playmakers catching passes. They gave him a passing grade of 92.3, an intermediate grade of 93.8, a deep grade of 96.6, a no-pressure grade of 93.6, and a pressure grade of 71.1. So they actually gave him a better pressure grade than they gave um, Trey Lance, but I think that he also had better receivers to take the ball the bottom line trask lit up defenses but he lacks real high-end traits it's worrisome how that will look in a lesser situation nfl projection second round and the draft network is saying development quarterback that could lead to being an eventual low tier starter Hmm. (laughs) just that at the very end i don't like the sound of that a low tier starter that means he's going to be like a Mitch Trubisky then for based on what they're saying there. Um, I'm I'm not totally sold on this in comparison to a lot of other people we've heard. I think there are better options out there. It's just the fact that the Patriots sit kind of in no man's land there at, at pick number 15. So a lot of those people we've talked about before who sound like they might be a better fit for the Patriots aren't going to be there. So they would have to be aggressive and move up because at 15, they're, they're probably not going to have their choice of going after you know, uh, Trey Lance, obviously, uh, fields will be gone. Mac Jones is a coin flip at that point. Um, I don't know. It also sounds like he's kind of like the complete opposite of Cam Newton as well. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's like they would try and move forward with Cam Newton potentially as the starter. I would assume because this kid doesn't sound like he'd be ready to go week one. And then he'd learn from Cam and they're two completely different people and they'd have to change the offense to make it more fit for Cam. And then they'd have to change the offense back to how it was for Brady. I don't know if he'd be the right guy. Maybe. All right. What's the chat saying? Let's see here. We got one from Justin C. He says, Ray Connor, what do y'all think about Kellen Mond? He plays like Lance. He's a sleeper that plays for Texas. Someone mentioned him in another podcast I follow, and he seems really legit. We've heard about Kellen Mond. Was it our our podcast? It very well could have. We just (laughs) talked about Kellen Mond last week, didn't we? We did. Uh, no, yeah. yeah, Monday. Last Monday, Monday. right? Uh, because Tyson is very was very high on him. Unfortunately, what we couldn't do is get into the whole Tyson's whole breakdown because we right. both uh, we both admitted that we weren't overly familiar with him because we're not overly familiar with with college quarterbacks like you at all, me outside of Ohio State. Yeah. Um. But but uh, Tyson was was very high on him. I mean, yeah, we could was. do the we could do the same breakdown. We could we could we could go through everything right now with Kellen Mond if you want. Yeah, I'm down. All right, let's clear the chat and let's do it. All righty. Let me just click on random one. Here we go. Um. Okay. So first we have uh. Before we get that, we have a super chat. Okay. There's <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> let's go. Ross says craft or. Velveeta mac and cheese will Ooh, be judging you. So I'm going to tell you that I don't know what Velveeta is. That sounds like something we don't have in Canada. I am familiar with Velveeta. Um, I don't know how to cook either of them. That's that's above my cooking grade, how to cook that type of stuff. You boil it in a pot, do you not? Uh, I think so, yeah. I, w- I would imagine that's what you do. My favorite is President's Choice mac and cheese. It's like uh, mm. an off-brand here, but it's delicious. Sounds hey, good. I've never had it. I don't think you can get it in the U.S. So you guys oh. have Velveeta. We have 
president's choice, we're good. But when I was a kid, I will say to answer Ross's question, I always ate Kraft macaroni and cheese and I loved it. All right. Okay. Let's look at uh, Justin C says it's a very crappy knockoff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay. So let's look at Kellen Mond. Well, they wrote a lot about him. Nice. From a, So this is the draft network. Then we'll go to PFF. Okay. Get okay. From a statistical standpoint, Kellen Mond is one of the most prolific players to not only play in college uh, in college station, but also the SEC. He's a slim but adequately built quarterback prospect who possesses lots of velocity with throws when able to step into them. With a high elbow but a snappy type of release, he has the torque and enthusiasm behind passes that enables him to be very efficient in the short to intermediate areas. Mond always displays high levels of poise as he often shows that he's never in a hurry. From his mechanics to how he deals with pressure surrounding him, he remains under control and focused on the task at hand. He's one of the most battle-tested throwers in the country as he takes on excruciating amount of hits throughout games but continuing to battle and make throws. The often occurrence of shots to his body has helped him better deal with pressure from all directions inside the pocket. He's mainly a half field read thrower that can get the ball out quickly and efficiently when on schedule while barely scratching the level of an above average athlete. He has enough athleticism to get himself out of trouble and to gain hidden yardage when breaking outside the pocket as well. He's strictly a shotgun pistol quarterback who's had all of his experience there playing faster is sometimes needed, but he remains at the same pace. The, uh, decaying pockets can be challenging for him to escape, and he waits too long to make the decision instead of correctly timing when, where, and how to exit the pocket in order to explore and create off-script opportunities. He shows great stages of poise, but will have will will have will have plays where he makes questionable throws down the fields in hopes of being bailed out by aggressive perimeter options. That was a lot. Yes. Um, so by the first initial, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't pay attention to a word I read there. I was just so focused on, <laughs> but based on the initial, uh, profile by, by the draft network, what's your initial thoughts on him? And I'm going to read what they wrote while you're giving your <laughs> analysis. It, it's, it sounds better than, um, than Trask. It seems like he's, he's not afraid to sling the ball. He doesn't get rattled, which I think is very important. Because that's one of the big things is that that's how a lot of quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, make mistakes. They get pressure. They get worried. They start throwing the football. So that's already a good step in the right direction there. And it sounds like he's more of a, a boomer bust type guy. It sounds like he has a high, high ceiling and a low floor, which is somebody who I'd try and take in the second round or wherever he's going to get drafted the second or the third round because when we were reading the other one it was kind of saying they're projecting fifth fifth. yeah (laughs) that's 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 exactly who you want to draft in the fifth round somebody who has the opportunity to be a legitimate quarterback because then they're they're talking about uh trask like he's going to be peak at like a low-end starter which what's the point now i have heard that he's probably going to be a day two not a fifth he's probably going to jump up to that second or third round probably more than likely the second but this is initially they have him in the fifth but i've heard wow people say a lot of good things about him right right so i'm in the fifth round take a flyer yeah but this isn't a fifth rounder he's not going to go to he's not going to drop to the fifth round that's what pff has on their 
their their thing but i obviously they this doesn't get updated once they is set after the season they don't update it and i think there's been okay. a lot a lot more interest on mon do you want to hear what pff has to say let's see all right here's their initial profile it says kellen kellen mond received more than 15 scholarship offers coming out of the img academy in 2017 he was tagged as a four-star dual threat quarterback recruit this is according to 24 7 sports and opted for texas a&m over offers from baylor auburn arizona state amongst others he originally committed to baylor and held offers from auburn and ohio state in high regard but the aggies did just enough to land him Mond is originally from San Antonio, Texas, and lettered at Texas Regan High School before transferring to IMG Academy for his senior year. He set the IMG Academy records for passing touchdowns 20 and rushing touchdowns 18 as a senior in 2016. He also threw for 1,936 yards and rushed for another 775 that season. His biggest strength is his pro-style experience. His biggest weakness is consistently making special throws. His NFL comparison, Kevin Hogan. Who? <laughs> I think I, I've never heard of him. Kevin Hogan. He's been around since 2016. Okay. Perennial backup. Did, isn't he the guy? Did, did he take over for? Uh, maybe not. He didn't take over for Burrow. He he was with Cleveland or Cincinnati last year, according to this. I'm not sure though if he's the one who took over for. Because uh, his stats have him. completing 14 passes in 2016 and 46 in 2017. Okay. Um, I have no idea who that guy is as far as comparison purposes go. So hopefully if the Patriots are to draft them, that comparison will definitely be wrong. Um, But this guy sounds like he has a lot of upside potential. And if they're going to be able to draft them in a later round, I think this is exactly who they should try and go for. Because like I was saying before, it doesn't seem like unless they move up, they're going to really be able to get one of these top guys. So they kind of sit where they might as well take a risk on somebody later on who has a really high ceiling and see what happens. You want to hear the pros and cons? It's him. Able to play on the move. His accuracy doesn't suffer outside the pocket. Pro style concept in Jimbo Fisher's offense that gives him a chance to showcase NFL skills. Has improved pocket presence over career. Avoided sacks well in 2020. One of the most experienced quarterbacks in the class, a total of 1,548 career dropbacks to his name. Cons, inconsistent with anticipation and timing over the middle of the field. An average accuracy at best, and his numbers haven't seen improvement. So few special throws down the field on tape, he rarely attacked deep. Arm strength, not going to wow anyone. A passing grade of 81.3, an intermediate grade of 78.2, a deep grade of 78.2, a no pressure grade of 89.1, a pressure grade of 57.8. They wrap it up by saying Kellen Mond was a popular preseason breakout candidate in 2019 and 2020 because of his tools in Jimbo Fisher's offense. While 2020 provided to be his best season yet, it hardly qualified as a breakout. His percentage of throws charted as accurate uh, actually went down to a mediocre 53.4%, and it wasn't as if he was attacking more downfield. Mon finishing uh, with the only Big 12 time throw with only 12 big time throws all year. It's difficult to say if we actually saw any progress from Mon or if he'll just if he just played behind the best offensive line in his career. Bottom lines, after years of hoping for a next step, Mond is still looks like just a guy. 
Yeah, that's very tough because they're saying that he did not take that next step in college. I can't imagine it's going to be easier when he comes to the NFL because the com- competition is obviously going to be that much stiffer. Um, now, I, I always say you got to take all of this stuff with a grain of salt. Right, right. That too, that too, because there have been people obviously who have had very poor I mean, Tom Brady, we've already said a million times, but, you know, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, a lot of these guys didn't have high, you know, draft appeal, and they probably didn't have great rankings coming into the draft, obviously, either. But it, the concern with him, it seems like he he's not all that accurate, which was probably going to become even tougher in the NFL. Yeah, could have. Right. Yeah, no, 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 you're up. You're you're not wrong. Because that's that's the thing. Because it's it's going to be even more difficult for wide receivers to get separation, obviously. And it sounds like he had a fantastic offensive line, which if he, if he did come to New England, I'm confident would be the same thing. So that would be a huge benefit for him there. All right. Uh, why don't we go back to the chat? Oh, Mister Snoopy's here. Is he giving up his season tickets? You're gonna have a, a public burning of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's something here for Cam Newton already. Cam can't throw the ball more than three yards. I think he can throw it at least four, right? <laughs> Love vibration nation. He says, "Wow, Ray just talked me off the Mond option trade up for Lance." <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's yeah, that's the issue there is that it they're gonna have to trade up if they're gonna get one of those one of these guys. But look, I, as I said, always take it with a grain of salt, right? Everything that gets said, this is just guys who are trying to do their best to, you know, give their analysis. They don't know everything. Yep. Like I'm trying to look here. Unfortunately, the PFF draft board, the draft guide, isn't as good as it was. Oh, this is the board, not the, oh no, this is the draft guide. It's not as good as it was back in the day. Um, I'm trying to see where they ranked Patrick Mahomes. Oh right, Def- it definitely wasn't that high because they had a couple so, quarterbacks were drafted ahead of them. So this is, let's just talk. I'm just going to go through the quarterbacks for a second. This is where they ranked them as overall prospects, okay? Mm-hmm. They ranked Mitchell Trubisky 13th. Okay. Deshaun Watson at 17th. Oof. Patrick Mahomes is the 29th. Wow. Overall quarterback. Way off on him. Way off on Deshaun Watson, too. Deshaun Watson, they should have gone one and two. Well, yeah, in retrospect, right? Right, right, exactly. Um, let's talk about his biggest, let's talk about the biggest concerns of, of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, plays undisciplined too often, inconsistent footwork, loses his base, but tends to make up for it with his arm. Tendencies to drift in the pocket in all directions when not necessary. Bad habit of breaking from clean pockets too early when the pass rush dictates for him to stay there. Forces too many throws and tries to be a hero play too often. Steep learning curve coming from the Texas Tech spread open system. That's his weakness, biggest concerns now. I know. You know I mean? They <laughs> nailed it, but look who he turned into as a quarterback, right? Right. He's he's turned those into his strengths. So like I said, you so here's the bottom line. Mahomes is an in, is interesting as a prospect, and there is that quarterback when it comes to high risk, high reward. 
His arm is as good as any quarterbacks in the NFL playing right now. The natural passing instincts uh, as a far slide. And so I got to try to make this bigger because it's way too small. And I forgot my glasses. Um, so PFF has done such a better job with their draft boards or rankings. Mahomes is an interesting prospect as there is high risk reward. His arm is as good as any quarterback in the NFL right now. The natural passing instincts as far as sliding is his uh, sliding and feeling his pass rush in the pocket to seeing the front of the throw and adjusting to the type of throw needed is special. His lack of discipline in the pocket with footwork, uh, bailing on clean pockets and decision-making is a big concern. Some of the bailing on pockets can be attributed to a how much rush three drop eight in, into coverage he saw, which can lead to playing outside of a structured uh, structure to finding passing lanes more often. This is horribly written. Coming from a system with everything so spread out and def, uh, defined passing lanes, there will be an adjustment prior uh, uh, period needed uh, for the NFL game and seeing. Seeing what? <laughs> it just like stops. <laughs> and, then, and then it goes into Deshaun Kaiser, who was the next ranked quarterback. Oh, my goodness. Where was he ranked? Is he uh, even still in the league? Is he a backup somewhere? Overall, where was he ranked? Yeah. He was ranked, Kaiser was ranked as, according to PFF, again, yep. and this is why I'm telling everybody, take all this stuff with a grain of salt, right? Right. What they say, Kaiser was ranked, just so you know, Obi Melanofu or whatever his name is, you know Obi? Yep. Yes. Was the 32nd ranked uh, prospect in the draft. Okay. There's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he was what, 29th? 29th, yeah. Trying to find. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to find Kaiser here. Because Deshaun Kaiser was supposed to be a stud, right? So was Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, but I mean, Mitchell Trubisky was better than Kaiser, at least. Anyways, the whole point is. Yeah, these could be way off. Yeah. Like I'm looking at some of these names here. Some of them worked out, right? Miles Garrett was number one. App, you know. Yep. Uh, Corey Davis was the seventh ranked prospect. Sheesh. Tennessee didn't pick up his his option. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, the draft when- is crazy with that stuff, man. I mean, obviously, in in hindsight, you whoever had the first and second pick there had the opportunity to have two quarterbacks that are going to be the future of the NFL: Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Can you think of two guys who you'd rather build your franchise around? Curtis Samuel was ranked seventy eighth. Wow. Yeah. So third round. Anyways, that's just what I get at. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's just what I what I get at. Um and Curtis Samuel was uh was a running back. Was he really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, you didn't know I that? I guess that no, I did not know that at all. I haven't well, you know who he played for. Ohio State? The The Ohio, Ohio State. State. The Ohio State. We got McChicken here talking about the Oklahoma State. Kyle Trask got exposed by by my Oklahoma Sooners. And if you're a SEC quarterback getting eaten up by a Big 12 defense, you ain't good. 
Uh, we got a super chat here from Love Vibration. I got nothing out of that. I don't know if you do. I, I don't. Definitely not. I don't know anything about the Sooners. Twitter will turn Trask into trash in 30 <laughs> seconds. Less than. 100%. Yes. If he's not good, that would be awesome for Twitter. They'll eat that up immediately. Depending on who he signs with. All right. That too. Depending on how negative the fan base is. Depending there. on who drafts him. Absolutely. Yeah, if it's New England and he comes to New England and he does poorly, he will absolutely be trash immediately. All right, we got one here from Pat Riley. He says, sounds like the quarterback clown car is coming to New England. The four or five of these clowns they bring in, including Cam, will combine to be last in passing touchdowns again. What? That's. I think that's going off of us talking about the rookies and Jimmy G, but we don't know what the rookies are going to be out of all the people that we've talked about, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, you're calling Trey Lance a part of the, the clown car? Like, I don't know much about college football, and I know that Trey Lance. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, it says, I told you Samuel was a running back. He could play both like he did last year. He got around 20 carries. Um, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that he was a running back at all. I thought they just liked to use him as a guy that they did end arounds with, like Corderell Patterson. You didn't have to tell me that he was a running back. I knew that he was a running back. I Yeah, I did not. Um, a great running back because Ohio State University produces running backs. Connor, your thoughts on the Red Sox tie game today? It was a great comeback. It was actually the first game that I actually got to watch out of the entire preseason. Um, I was surprised that they came back. Nice home run by that guy to uh, take the lead in the eighth inning. I forget what his name even was, but they were good. Three home runs. Devers looked great. A uh, little concerned about J.D. Martinez. He had a few very bad at-bats, so I'm hoping that he can figure it out. But Devers looks phenomenal. Phenomenal play by uh, Kiki Hernandez to throw that guy out at home. I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good game. He did. McChicken, he played everything, but his listed position at Ohio State was running back. Sorry for the podcast. McChicken said, I thought he played both receiver and running back at Ohio. He did, but his listed position at Ohio State was running back, and he had more rushing yards than receiving yards, I okay. believe. Don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. That's that's an indication, in my opinion, then that he was a running back if he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Actually, Mo, in 2016, he had 97 attempts and 74 receptions. Okay. 771 rushing yards, 865 receiving yards. 383. So 2014, he was strictly a running back. He only had 11 receptions in 2014. Oh, okay, yep. 2015 is when he sort of started spreading it out a little bit. And then 2016, he played both, but he was listed as a running back for the Ohio state Buckeyes. Gabe here says, imagine what McDaniels could do with Samuel. Um, yeah, he definitely have an opportunity to use him in a bunch of different ways, which is what I'd love to see the well, end of rounds, the trick plays. Maybe he can throw the football a little bit. I was talking about this with Lawrence, but I put out or we put out a tweet yesterday. It said, agree or disagree. Curtis Samuel is a better fit for the Patriots and Kenny Galladay. And nine out of 10 people pick Curtis Samuel over Kenny Galladay. Really? 
I wouldn't make that up, Connor. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I guess, you know, he might be a better fit and he stays healthy, obviously. I mean, Kenny Galladay was injured most of last season. I feel like Kenny Galladay had one really good year two years ago, but outside of that, he hasn't done much. Here's Gabe again. I want to see J.J. Taylor get some action this year. Um, me too. That's a very good point. I feel like we've talked a ton about, obviously, Sony Michelle and Damian Harris, and then we've talked about James White probably moving on, whether or not they're going to re-sign Rex Burkhead. But I feel like we haven't really talked about J.J. Taylor. We had a small sample size of him, but he ran really, really hard. Yeah, he did. It'll It will be interesting to see what the Patriots do and how they use him next year. Maybe he becomes that third down guy. Maybe he's actually the plan for James White. Yeah. Paul, yeah. I, potentially. Right. Who knows? Here's a really good comment from Mike Nardella. 11 out of 10 people make up stats. Uh, no, I heard it was uh more 12 out of 10. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Tia Thomas here says, Davis and Samuel will make a hell of a duo. Their game complements each other so much. Okay. No. I was on the Corey Davis bandwagon. You know that. You know that better than anybody, Connor. Mm -hmm. I wanted Corey Davis. Until Lawrence did the film room. Right. Corey Davis to me is a high risk, high reward, not a low risk. I'd rather them go with Curtis Samuel. I think him and Jacoby will play really well together. That'd be good. All right. Let's go to the chat. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all coming in here. We appreciate y'all every single night. Maybe tomorrow we'll actually have something crazy to talk about. Maybe we won't. Maybe the Patriots make a move. Maybe they don't. But it's time for us to end this podcast because Connor and I have to head over and record our Patreon bit where we're going to be talking about the Patriots' priorities. We will see you boys tomorrow. No, I was reading somebody else's thing. We'll see everybody tomorrow because we don't just have boys. I was reading a comment. I was reading, have a good one, boys, till tomorrow, as I was trying to say. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Yes, sir. And I appreciate y'all. Ray 2024, thank you. Yeah, thank buddy. you. It's been a while since we've seen that. No, I think it's there. I think we've just been ignoring it. Ah, uh, all right. We appreciate y'all. Connor. Connor. Yes. Legit kid. Hold on. <laughs> Can you read the third comment from the bottom right now? I don't want to put it up on the screen. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, then. That's quite the name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gonzo. All right, then. All right, Connor. Tell me about what. Tell me about those Patriots. They're going to be legit, kid. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. And
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.